Welcome to the Portionality Podcast, a curiously sermonic podcast playground for adulting over 30. Because let's keep it real, life will keep lifing with swift transitions, but together we can honor the moments we are in and keep on living. I am your host, Portia Williams-Gates. Join me every Wednesday as we grow and live together. At the 2023 White House Correspondents' Dinner, Roy Wood Jr., and I quote, said, I understand that we have to put the stuff behind the paywall because creating the truth is important. People can't afford the truth, but you all can't afford to go find the truth for free. The work you do as journalists is important. It's essential. It's dangerous. So when I heard that, a piece of my core struck, okay? It struck me to my core. Because I understand that journalism is serious and dangerous work. And here at the Portionality Podcast, we are doing journalistic work. We are doing serious work. However, I want to keep the truth free. You see, I have gone to school. I have done the things. I've done the research. I've done the work. And I am continuously allowing this podcast to be free, which is why I accept donations only, right? You are not paying to access this podcast, right? So we do accept donations because we want to keep it free, but we also want to keep it running, right? And I understand that sometimes the truth, the fact that we have to pay for it is problematic because one, people can't afford it if this is an expense that the majority of people can't pay for. And I also understand that there are just people who flat out just don't want to pay for the truth. But we cannot expect people to work for free to investigate and get the truth right. So it makes me wonder, why doesn't the truth have free funding? Why does it cost so much for us to access wise journalism the same question I have for why can't we access good theology you see the reason why I love black church so much when I love responsible and liberating black church is because we are hiring and putting up pastors who have done the work of critical thinking have done the work of critical engagement have done the work of discernment to now go before the people to speak freely about the truth right? The truth that they have discerned and explored. So I am coming to you today. uh, The time that this podcast is going to be released, it will be the 100th anniversary of my home church, the Mount Airy Baptist Church of Bridgeport, Connecticut. And I'm actually going to be the kickoff preacher for that. And as I think about my experience growing up in a church, in Bridgeport in the 90s and having the experience of having access to liberation theology, to have access to uh, sound and sound, my God, sound preaching and sound teaching. My pastor made the people a promise that he will continue to bring us the best wherever the best is found. And so we had access in Bridgeport. Now, mind you, Bridgeport is the hood. Okay. Bridgeport is considered a poorer community. Okay. Right. It is considered a poverty, a poverty community. Right. We have been greatly impacted by the war on drugs. We have been greatly been impacted by recessions and great depressions and the industry and many uh, factories packed up, left and went overseas. Oh, somebody got to tell the story. Come on, somebody. There ain't a single hotel in Bridgeport. There ain't even a shopping mall in Bridgeport. I grew up in Bridgeport in the 90s. OK. And 
so still, my family still lives in Bridgeport. And I think about how the black church was a space where people could go and hear responsible preaching. I I think about how the church was a space where there was a responsible uh, social services and social justice being taught and being served. And I am grateful and thankful to have come up in a time and to have come up in an institution that has undergirded me so much and has afforded me so much of an opportunity to learn, to grow, and to share that encouraged me to go to seminary and to study for myself. Not to just take everything that I've learned for myself, but that I would go and study for myself. And so the danger of preaching without solid theology and context Okay, because we have a lot of that going around these days and people talking about uh, witchcraft and demons and being uh, somehow being black is somehow appointed to witchcraft. And you got to be a witch to be black. (laughs) Somebody's out here spreading that message, which is a lie. When you don't have access to these things, you end up getting that kind of theology. When you don't have access, you start getting that kind of preaching. This is why we need to have more people going to seminary, going to being in spaces where they can engage their critical thinking and critical thought. Part of the problem of white supremacy is that they did not give us access to be able to have the opportunity to read, engage, and critically think. So that is why the black church was founded in the first place as an institution, because it gave us the freedom to read, to speak, to work and respond and to be together in freedom. You see, it was a space where we could be fully ourselves and engage in critical thinking and critical thought and to have opportunity to access information with one another. I may not work in a church anymore, but I still believe in the institution of the black church. When I say the institution of the black church, I believe in why it was founded. I believe in the reason and the purpose behind it. Now, I will say everyone is not engaging the institution well. I will say there are some people who are messing around and not doing what they're supposed to do. There are people who are showing up preaching in the pulpit and calling it preaching when it's not gospel. I will tell you this. Come on, Portionality Media family. Come up in here. Let me let me tell you something. There are literally people right now preaching across America, calling themselves a preacher, but it ain't nothing but white supremacy and blackface. I said what I said. It is white supremacy and blackface, and they're calling it gospel they're calling it Christian they're calling it Jesus and it is not that let me tell you something Jesus is ontologically black what do you mean Portia I'm so glad you asked Jesus being ontologically black means that Jesus has the experience right as the nappy-headed Negro from Nazareth Yeshua HaMashiach which was the name his mama gave him he has the experience that of which it is like to be othered He was born on the margins. He was born in the ghetto of Nazareth, which means he was on the margins, which means he has the experience of what it means to be like that of a black person. Some would argue that Jesus is absolutely black. He's just he's black. Right. Remember that black is raced. Right. It's a racialized thing. So Jesus would be categorized as black. Now, At the same time, how do we know this? When we engage in critical thinking and critical thought like that of the late Reverend Dr. James Halcone, and we read Black Liberation Theology, when we read The Cross and the Lynching Tree, 
when we read that God is black (laughs) and God of the oppressed, we start to understand in this very important reading that God understands and stands with the experience of black people. But if someone does not know what it means to be black or they have been denying their blackness, they do not understand that the Jesus that they serve and love and love to express is actually black with them. You see, when you say things like, uh, I didn't know I had to be a witch to be black. That means you are already, you have some type of self-hatred. And I don't know what this definition of witchery is supposed to be because it seemed really arbitrary in that clip from that person. Let's be clear. African traditional religion is not demonic, nor is it witchcraft in the sense that uh, it is evil, right? Because this this word witchcraft that is being used in this context was being used as evil and demonic. First of all, your ancestors are not demonic. Your ancestors are good. In order to be an ancestor, you have to be good because let's let's call a spade a spade. Every person who passes on does not get to be elevated as an ancestor. Let's be clear about that. When you are an ancestor, it's because you have done the work to be elevated to such a title. Everyone does not get to be an ancestor. Every dead person on the other side is not an ancestor. There is a reason why we call them beneficial ancestors to begin with, because everybody over there does not mean you well. Everyone on the other side does not mean you well, but there are beneficial ancestors. So when we talk about ancestral engagement, you are coming into contact with someone from your lineage who means you well and wants you to do well. And as you heal, you heal them. And so it is important for us to understand that ancestral engagement means that we are engaging someone who has lived before us, who has paved the way for our existence. We are honoring their legacy and we are calling on them for help. There are things that they have survived, things that they have endured that we can reach back and grab and get. That would be called Sankofa (laughs) to go back and get it right. We do it spiritually. And so, again, a critical engagement of your blackness, you would understand that there is this process of going back to get the knowledge, to go back and get the medicine, to go back and get the technology to engage your people. And I grew up in a church. Okay, I grew up in a church that was doing that work from the time I was born. I was doing this work as a child. We all engage Our ancestors, when you go to the tomb, when you go to the grave and you go see your grandmama and you put flowers at her grave, you are doing ancestral work. (laughs) When you pour out a drink for the homie, right, that's called a libation. You are engaging in ancestral work. You are engaging in ritual that honors your ancestor. That's ancestral veneration. Okay, right. We were already doing this work. When we talk about Reiki and energy healing, that healing modality is not demonic. That healing modality is just that. It is healing. It is connecting yourself into a a space of having positive energy of healing to be able to see and to extract 
if there is anything demonic, hello, Reiki practitioners could absolutely see if there is something of dark energy and of dark matter that is that is present that is not supposed to be there and can literally uh, do spiritual surgery and take it on out, right? Can literally extract it in the spirit, okay? And so, and this whole thing about crystals, I don't even know, like saints, people don't read their Bible. That's how I know people don't read their Bible. Let me tell you how I know people don't read their Bible. Because there is a story in the book of Genesis. It is Jacob. Yes, I think it is Jacob specifically who is putting a rock up under his pillow before he goes to sleep. He puts a rock under his head and he goes to sleep and the Lord speaks to him in the dream. So how is it that these crystals, which are rocks, essentially, (laughs) you know, they come out of the earth geology, somebody. Okay. Hello. First of all, I told y'all on the last podcast episode that everything that comes out of the earth, okay, everything that comes out the ground is good. Everything that comes out of the earth is for our healing. So therefore that healing stone, that healing stone, come on somebody, that healing stone that Jacob put under his head is of use. Okay. And therefore, that stone that helps him to get into his dream space. Come on, somebody. Literally where God is speaking to him. Huh. Let me tell y'all. That right there is healing work. The dream space is healing work. You can get so much information from your dream space. Actually, shout out to um, Trisha Hersey and the nap ministry, especially for this rest deck. If you don't got it, you need to get it because we need to learn how to rest because of all of the technology and the uh, downloads and information that is available to us in the dream space. You need to get that. Okay, you need to go get that ASAP. Go get it um, from your local bookseller. Go to her website at the Nat Ministry and go get that. Go get that. Go get that. Okay, like for real. It is so important for us to be able to engage in all of the resources and all the technologies that we have. Your ancestors are not demonic. Your dream space is not demonic. Crystals are not demonic, right? You know what is demonic? Demonic is when people are absolutely using and manipulating people. That's demonic. (laughs) When you get up there and you start preaching with no sense of moral ethic and responsibility. Now that's demonic. That now we need to call that demon out, okay? And let me also say this too there are demons with degrees. Stop playing with me. There are demons with degrees. Don't play. Satan went to seminary too, okay? <laughs> Go hashtag tweet that one. Satan done went to seminary too. Show did. And guess what? So many people don't even understand which is why I think you need to critically engage and read for yourself, get connected with your own spirit for yourself so that when people get up in here, start talking, you know, and, and, and just saying whatever all out here, irresponsible, you will have the tools to critically engage and critically think for yourself. And part of the problem is we don't have enough people engaging in critical thought and people will just go along with the okie doke of what's free, of what's accessible, um, and will continue to pick the low-hanging fruit of spirituality instead of engaging and getting connected with a community of people who will help hold them into accountability. Regardless of what your spiritual practice is, it doesn't matter what religion, what faith practice, what spiritual practice you have, you need to be connected to some kind of community. 
I really do believe in the power of community. I really believe that all spiritual practices should be engaged in some kind of community. It could be a coaching program. It could be a cohort. It could be any type of intentional learning community. I think it's so important. And one of my favorite people who has a learning community, who is a pedagogue and a teacher and a practitioner of the spirit is J.T. Perry. If you don't know J.T. Perry, you need to go Google her. Look uh, J.T. Perry up and get engaged and plugged in with J.T. Perry's work. Jade has a wonderful group um, that she engages with. Um, through this the spiritual work and and uh, yes I mean just all kinds of goodness you know uh, JT Perry is doing phenomenal work there are so many people who are doing phenomenal work Um, Dr. Melva Sampson is doing amazing work with the clearing right again an intentional community a gathering there are spaces where people are gathering the congregating, so to speak, that that is where the spirit is engaging. So yes, it is important to do work on your own in your own time, but you should also still, in addition to be connected to some sort of community, that community could be your college. You know, shout out to um, Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry, Dean of Spelman College, who's doing phenomenal work as the Dean of the Chapel at Spelman College. Shout out to um, my dear friend and my sister, like the Reverend Raquel Gill, who is doing wonderful work at Duke Divinity School, okay, in the chapel. Come on, somebody, right? There are chaplains who are doing phenomenal work on these campuses, and I think it is incredible. And so I say get connected to a community. It doesn't have to be a church. It really doesn't. But you should have a community where your spirit agrees with what is happening. And I also want you to be able to engage your critical thinking and to read. Oh, my goodness. The most dangerous thing you can do is read. And when you don't read, you ask, you absolutely run the risk of just continuing to fall ignorant. And I want to also say too, like I pray for people who are still um, living in darkness in the sense that, um, well, let me not use the word darkness because I don't like, I I think darkness is a beautiful thing. Um, I will say ignorance, right? Because there's a difference between ignorance and darkness. And sometimes people say darkness when they really mean ignorance. So let me correct my own language. I, I feel for people who live in ignorance, um, and ignorance simply just means not knowing, right? You just you're just not aware. You just don't know. Um, and when we know better, we do better. And sometimes people just don't do better because they just don't know better. Um, and that's a real thing. And so we need to continue to make theological education and theological engagement accessible to people. We need to continue to make it, um, you know, yes, accessible to people to be able to just engage and to be in community. And what does that look like, right? Um, also shout out to uh, the Reverend LaVon Briggs, Pastor Briggs of the Central Faith <laughs> Community and the Central Faith Academy, who's also doing critical work. Um, and so go get her book actually. Um, Central Faith, The Art of Coming Home to Your Body. Go get that. That's required reading. I'm actually about to just um, name some books that y'all should have. Um, get you some Maladoma Patrice Somme, um, author of Water and Spirit and the Healing Wisdom of Africa. If you want to know more about engaging um, in the in some African traditional religion and practices that can ground you and root you, um, that is one text. Also, a uh, There is a wonderful text that J.T. Perry recommends. It's called Jambalaya. I'm also going to recommend 
um, the work of Otis Moss III, um, Dancing in the Darkness, which is Spiritual Lessons for Thriving in Turbulent Times. I'm always going to recommend the work of the Howard Thurman, Meditations of the Heart. I'm always going to recommend the works of Renita J. Weems. I'm always going to recommend the work of Emily Towns. Um, excuse me, let me put some respect on their names, titles. Reverend Dr. Janita, uh, Renita J. Weems. Hello, somebody. Reverend Dr. The Dean Emily Towns. Okay. Um, also, the Reverend Dr. Katie Geneva Cannon. Okay. The, 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 the. Ooh, yes, Dolores S. Williams, the Reverend Dr. Dolores S. Williams. You all need to engage their work. Write these names down. I will put them in the show notes. Um, you know, God willing, I remember. <laughs> but also to read books. Read Alice Walker. The Spirit is in Alice Walker. Read Toni Morrison. Read James Baldwin. Like, read, y'all. Read the books. Read these books. Read the books, y'all. Read. For your own spiritual edification, right? You can read these books. Go to the library. Check out the library. The library is free. Okay, there are free resources. I will continue to keep this podcast free, right? And like I said, as long as, you know, not even as long as, I will continue to keep it free, um, the podcast, right? Programming around the podcast, you know, yes, I probably will charge for those things because I have to be able to survive and to live off things. But, um, you know, or you never know, hook me up with a sponsor, um, and, you know, and continue to give donations and things like that. You know, we bless God for those things. But truly, like, it needs to continue to stay accessible and to continue to stay free. And I really feel passionate about that because of the work of Minister Candace Simpson, um, who I love and adore, who has made the case for keeping her work free since she started. And I remember um, a few years back, I remember seeing a post about that on Facebook about her saying like, I'm just going to keep my stuff free. Like I'm paraphrasing, but literally Candace was saying that. And so I literally just, I, I was like, yes, like that, that's it right there. And so thinking about how our work is significantly underfunded um, and people don't want to pay uh, for the truth. When I say people don't want to pay for the truth, I mean like these big corporations don't want to fund the truth um, to keep it free and accessible to people, right? The government doesn't want to fund, um, you know, people like me or people like Candace who are trying to keep things free and free flowing for people to engage. Um, and so I absolutely um, want to continue just to shout out my colleagues who are just doing fantastic work and the works of just so many people who are doing the responsible work of living freely, being free and trying to help other people do the same to be liberated, to walk with integrity and to just walk in, walk with dignity and to walk with integrity. And I think that is just so important. It's so important. Um, and that's what I have to say today. Um, I love you all so very much. If you want to continue um, to give to this podcast, if you want to give a donation, um, it is not tax deductible. I ain't going to tell you no lie. I'm going to always keep it 100 with you, right? Because this is a for-profit organization. Um, you know, Portion Media is. 
Um, I am um, dreaming up a nonprofit organization that I'm really excited about um, for the future and some other great things. Um, I'm really excited about it. But if you want to continue to um, be a support to this podcast to help continue to keep this podcast free for those who cannot give, um, feel free in the description. Um, There is a donation link where you can donate to this podcast um via paypal you can set up a reoccurring gift where it can go every month um you can give a reoccurring donation um you can give whatever amount you want um or you can give like a 10 25 50 whatever you can it it all helps out i mean literally it does help um and so you have no idea it it helps so much so i thank you for listening um, if you want to continue to connect with me, you can email me por- Portia at portionality.com, Portia at portionality.com. And yeah, um, continue to follow me at Portionality Media and at Portionality on social media. Um, I love to hear from you all. Take good, good care. Y'all be blessed. Take good care. Until next time.